0: hey everybody brad stevens here founder and ceo of outsource access we help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the philippines congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 real leaders impact awards we are proud to be among you about 10 years ago i woke up to a major growth problem in my last business cash was tight staff was overwhelmed and tasks were not getting done then i discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the philippines where english is their second language so there is no communication or culture gap I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their Offshore Virtual Staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50,000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit redefinescale.com. That's redefinescale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, She sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola,
1: real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Welcome everyone to this episode of The Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining us today, folks, we have another San Diego-based company, another San Diego-based B Corp. And B Corp leader, please welcome the founder and president of ViaNova, Mr. Frank Scarpacci. Frank, thanks for being with us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Looking you forward you. to it. Of course. So, Frank, your business career is an interesting career. I remember our, our conversation uh, about a month ago. We were kind of going throughout your career and kind of why you got into this space. So that's really where I want to start today. Uh, how did you start your business and why? go into this space?
2: Okay. So I had a long career in the travel industry and I thought I would be in the travel industry for the rest of my life. I loved it. It was great. And then a good part of my career was with, a, with American Express travel. Awesome company. Loved it. Uh, the travel industry was great. It was fun. Um, and so I thought I would work for corporate America. I thought I would retire from American Express. So that's kind of my, you know, my mindset. And then in the Early 90s, I was I was managing a travel office for American Express in Boston. And one of the things that they really encouraged us to do is to be really active in our communities, be good citizens in the, in the communities in which we live and work. And especially if you were in a leadership position at the company, if you're especially if you managed a travel office that was located in a certain community, they wanted you to get involved. So Um, causes that were important to me at the time were AIDS and HIV related or LGBT related um, causes. And that's when companies were really starting to pay attention. They were starting to get a little more involved in supporting their LGBT uh, employees and and really contributing to to causes related to, again, AIDS AIDS and HIV. So I put together a trip and I contacted the Fenway Community Health Center and said, here, I've got this trip I want to give you to help you raise money and it would be great if you kind of recognize American Express as something that i you know they thought would be great, well, of course the next thing you know it, I'm on a committee like they pull you in and <laughs> and it just opened up a whole new world for me. I realized, oh wait a minute, by connecting my company to causes in the community um i I felt like it was a natural at it, it was it worked it, I loved it, I really enjoyed it, of course, I had a full time job on top of it, but then one event led to another to another, and I really Spent a lot of time connecting, like I said, connecting American Express to different causes and events and so on and so forth, including I led our corporate AIDS Walk team. We had quite a few employees at the time. But what I started to notice originally was about PR, right? And maybe that I would be able to get some travel customers that would come into our office. But then I noticed as I got my coworkers and my employees involved in some of these causes, I realized, oh, wait a minute, there's more benefit to this, not just PR. But I noticed that there was this, um, something changed with, you know, with the with the teams that I sort of organized that employees were connecting, employees, were, I would get them involved in different projects, so they were opening up, right? they They may have been, you know, moving into a kind of a leadership role that wasn't part of their job, but I kind of gave them those kind of opportunities by being involved in some of these community initiatives that I was involved in. So to make a long story short, I was sold right there. I was like, wait a minute. Companies that really do invest in connecting to the community, there are so many other, there's so many benefits that you, you know, you kind of get from that. So I became sort of known as the guy that would like organize all this stuff. Um, And so that was kind of most of the, you know, most of the nineties. And then, um, and I kind of wished, it's like, oh, I wish I could do this full time for the company, right? But of course that wasn't, you know, that wasn't possible. Or wasn't available at the time. And then, um, then my role changed with the company. I was a senior project manager, supporting a vice president nationally. So I started doing less of the community work and more of kind of my regular job, right? I was losing interest. It wasn't fulfilling to me. It was just like really, was kind of, I don't know, I just didn't enjoy it as much. And then, um, you know, you work for a large corporation you are always worried about a reorganization, your position's gonna be eliminated. So that was always kind of like in the back of my mind. I was so loyal to the company, that was one of my biggest fears that my job would be eliminated. And then um, in 2004, there was rumors that there was gonna be a big reorg and I dodged a bullet up to this point, but I saw how it impacted my coworkers when they lost their job, the impact that it had on them. I mean, it was like so devastating to them and I didn't wanna experience that myself. So, but in 2004, there was a rumor we were gonna, you know, a lot of us were gonna lose our jobs, and and um, something clicked. I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm, up, I'm i I've looked, find out what do I get for severance. I was like, oh, I got almost a year. I got stock options. I'm out of here, right? So, I want to. So, really, the catalyst for me starting my own business, honestly, is I, I wanted the freedom to control my own destiny. I didn't want a corporation or employer determining my destiny I wanted to take I wanted to take it um and I wanted to create a business I had no idea what I want you know what it was going to be about but I wanted to be self-employed I wanted to I wanted to create a business I didn't just want to be like a freelance you know worker I wanted to actually create a business so but I want so then I, I so of course my position was eliminated boom I'm like enjoying life took six or eight months to kind of figure out what, how, what kind of business I wanted to start. So I evaluated, what am I good at? Where do I see that there's a need? And um, how can I create you know, a business around that? So I thought, well, I'm the greatest project manager. I've led strategic, you know, roll out strategic initiatives and all of that stuff. But the community stuff was something that was really fun for me. How do I create a consulting business around that? That was a challenge, right? Back then, when I told people, like, this is kind of what I'm envisioning. I want to work on projects that are creating social impact for businesses and so on and so forth. They pat me on the head and like, good luck with that, Frank. That's, you know, how 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 nice for you, right? Good luck. So, but I knew that, honestly, there was going to be a point where businesses are really going to kind of wake up to really looking at not just be, you know, solely profit driven, that there was going to be other things that they would be looking at that be involved in the community. And of course, the environmental part of it wasn't as big back then as it is now. Um, So for me, it was more around social impact, you know, maybe supporting nonprofits and causes and and that sort of thing. So, you know, I kind of lumbered along, created, you know, started to create my business. And I have to tell you, it was a challenge. It was not easy. And, um, And then in 2007, uh, a colleague of mine up in LA, she works with social enterprises. She sent me an forward in an email from B Lab um, about announcing the B Corp certification, and she basically said, "Frank, this is right up your alley." <laughs> I was like, "That's it." I was like, so I went to look at it. I was like, "Oh wait a minute, there's something about this certification that I knew I needed to do it, but I wasn't sure whether I would qualify or whatever." But I something told me I need to pursue this. And I did. And I got, I was one of the first businesses to be certified. There were about probably about 80 when I was certified first, you know, the first batch. So, and so what I found was, wow, there is now a framework for good business. There's a framework for what it means to be a social impact business or a business that's creating positive uh, impact. So it not only helped me in the consulting that I do, but it helped me really think about how do I want to structure my business, and I trusted the standards, and I knew that they, the, the, I knew that the uh, founders of B Lab they were really serious about this. This was not about hey, I'm just going to like buy the label and that sort of stuff. They truly wanted. I mean, these were these were difficult standards to achieve, and um, that's what I wanted. You know, when he, when most of my career was with a world respected brand brand is important. you know. I wanted my business to have a solid brand. I wanted to be operate an ethical business and so on and so forth. So I pursued the B Corp certification. And honestly, it's been amazing, not only for my business, but it's been amazing in my career because I've met so many wonderful people, other business owners that are B Corp certified from around the world, that I feel like I've really found my people, right? I found my calling and I found my people. So it's been amazing for my business. And um, so that's kind of how I So it really started a little selfish. I wanted to control my destiny, right? It was really about that, but then it was also about, but I also want to wake up every day and I want to feel good about the work that I'm doing. I want to pick, I want to choose the clients I work with, the projects that I work with. I want to feel really good about it. Um, and I know that I'm probably not going to be, you know, rich and famous from doing this, but I don't care. What was more important is that the work that I do is making a difference. That at the end of the day, uh, when I wrap up, you know, when I check out, that at least I feel good that I tried. You know, I tried my best. Now, since then, what I really focus on is I'm really good at creating the environment, the framework, the process, the support. For others to create a positive impact, so that's really a lot of what my business is focused on. Is I really, as a, especially as a facilitator, you know, I've talked about kind of you know some of the work that I do. That that I'm really good at bringing out the best in t- people and teams. So I um, focus on really helping my clients magnify the good that they do. They define what that means to them. So that's really kind of how I. my business started and kind of where i am uh today but again it's all about i wanted to feel good i wanted to have the freedom to pick and choose and i've turned down businesses that that's like it's not going to fit you know this is our values aren't aligned so i'm not going to you know um i'd rather not have a contract and take something on and not feel good about it you know plus i'm also transparent about my 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 values so i don't want to compromise those values for anybody so
1: a values yeah. aligned leader, someone who never compromises the mission, who doesn't like that in a responsible yeah. company, especially if I'm a new employee, a customer, an investor, always got to respect the, the leadership. Um, no, but Frank, I think it's a, it's a beautiful moment, right? When, a, when an entrepreneur realizes their potential, realizes they can take choice into their own hands. So it's always a special moment. I appreciate the entrepreneurs on this show who are willing to share that. And it's so true. You know, a lot of people might think, and maybe we kind of go into this next: is ah, this is Pollyanna. You know, this is good-hearted. This is altruistic. You know, and this isn't really what capitalism is, and what's really meant for, and what, what business actually is. What business's actual purpose is actually is right. It's, right. it's been in the historically maximizing shareholder value. But in this case, we're talking community here. We're talking stakeholder value into an organization. So, Frank, my next question for you is very specific to the impact question more so how can i as a business make an impact in my community what's some of the work that you've done with other entrepreneurs and, and companies to express this this stakeholder
2: approach right some of the obvious stuff is you know offering some of your products or services you know pro bono or or definitely at a discount but another way might be to align with a nonprofit and then do more of a skills-based volunteer project, where you're, you're leveraging the strength of your business to support a project or initiative for a nonprofit. Um, that you're you basically you're sharing your skills to help um, build the capacity of a particular nonprofit. So, for example, if you are uh, you know marketing executive, you know helping them with you know marketing campaigns and and that sort of stuff. So. But it's really important if you're going to get involved in the community, align with the nonprofits and causes that really kind of makes sense for your business. Um, I'm not a fan of just sort of like willy-nilly, just pick different projects. Try to kind of think about how it really aligns with your brand and making sure that the nonprofit that you partner with, that there is a mutual benefit there, that that you can help each other out and support each other. Um, and then also you know, if you have employees, engage your employees in those decisions as well, as far as what type of projects and initiatives you want to get involved in. So in addition to volunteering, I'm also, my business is a certified 1% for the planet um, member. So I commit to donating 1% of my gross sales to environmental, minimum um, to environmental um, organizations. So, um, and I pick and choose the organizations that I want to, um, to support. So that's another uh, opportunity um, as well. So, yes. You know, so, volunteerism, uh, skills-based volunteerism. Board service is another one that I think a lot of nonprofits are really looking for strong leaders to serve in their boards. So, it might be a great opportunity for a company to um, have some of their leaders or some of their employees. Let's say they have an employee that they want to help the employee develop some leadership skills. Maybe encourage them to serve on a board. Maybe pay for the you know, because usually when you serve on a board, you have to either give or get a certain amount of money. Maybe you know, underwrite that, um, and, uh, and if you're a business owner and you do serve on a board, you just share your experience with some of your employees and encourage them to do so. Or even if it's a, um, a committee role, but serve in leadership positions and nonprofits because they really are. You know, a lot of nonprofits are looking for good professionals that um, that can serve in those really important roles with a. Uh, you know, with
1: nonprofits. so. Frank, leaders listening to this right now understand that this is the future of business and they're looking for ways to get into this space. Uh, Certainly, you're an individual who's lived it uh, and is currently living it. Um, How can they get involved with you and and describe in the detail a little bit more about some of the services that have been beneficial for others that
2: you've worked with? Oh, the services that I offer? Okay. Um, So they've divided into kind of maybe two two main categories strategic planning facilitation so i do work with companies nonprofits and associations that are really looking to define their future right it's similar to kind of me what i wanted to do myself but um if they you know engage their their team engage their stakeholders and really helping to define the future for that business or that organization or that association and aligning everybody Focused on um, creating that vision. What I do when I work with my clients, I not only help them through the process of defining mission, vision, values, goals, objectives, and strategies, but I help them really engage all the right people in sharing. Like, for example, if it's a membership association, we, we facilitate or we, we develop the uh, member survey. So we make sure that, that their members have a voice. If they have employees, their employees have, their people have, a, their stakeholders have a voice in determining what direction the organization wants to go in. So um, I don't get involved in telling them what should be in their plan. I just create the environment, the tools, the process, the framework, everything to really kind of bring them through. So, so I help that bring out the best in the team. So when they sit back and they realize, wait a minute, look what we created, look at the plan we created we will support it because we had a say in creating that plan. And that's what I do for my clients. I also help clients with um, different types of, of meeting facilitation. I have one program, which is kind of a, it's a fun program. I've done this for about three clients, three, yeah, three clients recently. It's kind of based on the shark tank uh, TV show where we get a group of teams together and they, and I give them some guidelines and background information whatever, and they work in teams And they come up with a solution to a challenge or a problem or an opportunity. And they work together in defining what that um, solution would be. It could be an idea for a new program or new initiative or new business or whatever. And um, so I kind of coach them through coming up with those ideas and then walking them through what should be in their pitch and have them pitch to a group of sponsors or become sharks and um, and then they'll have a chance to win you know a prize you know each client is different, but most of my clients offered up some cash, basically, so the winning teams earned some money. But it was a way to kind of engage so it's great, you can sit around and brainstorm ideas, but let's make it fun, let's make it engaging, and let's look at not only coming up with a good idea, but how do we get people to work together? How do you bring a diverse group that maybe don't know each other, kind of get them to kind of work together on a problem or challenge and they get a little competitive and a little bit of fun, so i you know do stuff like that. Um, so I've I've facilitated many you know many activities like that. So for an organ, and I've had one client that was really fun. They um, creative company. They uh, were extremely successful in a in a trend, and um, they realized before the trend dies off, they want to be they want to be ahead of the next trend because so they brought their entire team together, creative group. Uh, we had a one-day off site and we really got them brainstorming on ideas, potential ideas, and vetted some of those ideas of what are some products or different ways different products that the company could offer that might be like the next thing. So that was kind of fun. So it's so it wasn't like a just a handful of people at the organization sitting around coming up with ideas. They want to involve everybody, including those that worked in the warehouse. So everybody was involved. So that was a lot of fun. And you get um better ideas. Um and ideas that you probably wouldn't, you know, may not have been considered if it was just a smaller group that was, you know, that was involved. So the other thing I'm starting to do is, is um, I really think right now it's really important for companies that have a hybrid workforce that it's great that, you know, employees get to work remote. They love it and so on and so forth. And I think companies like it. They like the fact that maybe they don't have as much, you know, rent expense and that sort of stuff. However, there's a downside to having your team be comp- completely remote for both the employees and the customers, like for I mean, for the um, owners. So what I'm trying to do is organize retreats where they bring their teams together, but we want to include a healthy mix of wellness, work, and play, right? There needs to be a nice mix of all three of those. So employees see it as a perk, you're investing in your employees, but you're bringing people to get your team together to ideate, brainstorm, come up with ideas, network but also giving the employees the opportunity to be more visible to their leaders because it's very hard career-wise if you have your whole team all working remotely they're not necessarily visible to the leaders so from a mentorship perspective career development perspective i think a lot of employees that are working remote love working remote i think it's over time they're going to realize oh wait a minute maybe it's you know maybe i might be missing out on something and the others you want if you have a good company culture you got to find ways to maintain that and cultivate it and, you know, foster it. So, so I'm trying to have like, instead of having, let's bring everybody together so that have the executives just talk at their employees all day and say, here's what we're doing. Here's what we want you to do. Let's make it fun. Let's make it interactive. Let's include a little bit of the wellness, the networking, right. but do some work as well. So this way you get the best of both worlds. You can still have your hybrid workforce, but what you miss out by having your team all remote you can kind of at least, if you if you bring them together at least once a year, you can bring some of that back. So
1: It makes a lot of sense. And, and Frank, in your experience, working with all these leaders and, and doing these retreats and these programs, I'm sure you co-create with other leaders. And you know, I got a word circled here, buy-in. It creates a lot of buy-in oh, yeah. from the individuals, alignment. And for yeah. a leadership, and someone in a leadership position, that's invaluable because you've just saved so much time, especially when you have employees who you don't see on a on a daily basis. It just creates that buy-in uh, that saves you a lot of time over time. And, and really you can correlate that with growth. But my question for for you, Frank, is and your experience with all of these leaders, what's the difference between a good leader and a great leader?
2: Oh, um, where the leader really has a vision. Of course, you know, leaders need to have a vision, um, where they really a focus on creating the environment, creating the culture, creating the opportunity for their team to be successful, right? Finding way, making sure that they've set it up where their employees can succeed and providing the support, the encouragement and the coaching that's needed. Still looking at the big picture, but being aware of, you know, they need to bring people along. Um, And I think that, you know, what I've, Found in um, good lead, like really good leaders, is there's a commitment. They're transparent, and many times they're humble. In some cases, they're selfless. They're putting their, you know, up, so their own personal self-interest aside. They focus on the greater good. Um, they focus on kind of a broader uh, impact. I think treating people with dignity and respect is absolutely essential for a good leader having empathy, uh, listening uh, listening to different voices and, you know, different folks. Leaders, a good leader doesn't always have all the answers, but knows where to get them, right? Knows how to bring them out from the people around them. Luckily with, with I will say I've had very good luck with the clients that I've worked with uh, because I'm the facilitator. They have always allowed me to run the show. Like I'm leading the process. They've always sat back and participated evenly with their employees. So if a leader can do that, to me, that that mm. I value that, I respect that. If they're always trying to like interrupt and take over at the at the you know the sessions that I they run, well, first of all, I don't like make sure that doesn't happen. But when they can kind of sit back and they can listen and absorb, and I've had them tell me after, like, oh, I never, I never, you know, I never looked at things, you know, that way. Like this is interesting that this came up. I never thought of that, you know, that sort of thing. And and where um They really care they care about their team like they're they're part of a team their role is Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um, so anyways it's just creating an environment that um enables people to flourish and succeed so so frank in, in
1: in all of this and maybe it's the same answer that you just provided but in all of this frank bring it home what's your definition of a real leader
2: that's it. I mean, I just described it. I described, you know, and I, and it's interesting because I've had leaders that I've looked up to, and I've learned from them over the years. I was very lucky at American Express. There are a lot of really great leaders that that I learned from. Um, but, you know, be as a it's interesting because as a facilitator, my role reinforces my belief in what a good leader is. Is I stay out of the way, right? I listen. I give people an opportunity to share their you know, to share, to, you know, speak their mind or share their opinions and collaborate and, and um, make sure that, yeah, all of that. So it, it's interesting, what I do reinforces my belief in what a good leader is, so. But again, but at the end of the day, it's, you're really looking at the the, the bigger picture, right? Um, you're not just looking at things in one way, myopically. we're looking at really what is What is the big picture? What is the bigger impact here of what we're trying to accomplish?
1: Holistically. Yeah. I love that. Well, Frank, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Lots of wisdom (laughs) here today. Thank you for coming prepared for Frank (laughs) Scarp. i Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there. Folks, stay out of the way and always keep it real. Thanks, Frank.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, Relators, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to readers.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines. Courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.